With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. My goodness, people, what's going on? Saiki Kessa, the Bengi here live on the air. Every time I hear that music, I just visualize some Congolese troops heading out to the Kibus to handle some business as it has to be handled. Since we have too many cowards running around that do a lot of talking, but aren't willing to get the AK and head to Goma and take care of some uh, border clashing. People, what's going on? It's been a long time, actually about a week. If you want to do a uh, – first, let me say hello to Joella back there on the control. We're down one line because we're running a power line through the uh, studio because we're doing a shoot, actually, uh, on the, in the studio adjacent to us. So today we want to do an hour show, but we're going to be on the air for 45 minutes, but we're going to do a part two of this groove next Saturday at the same time, 6 p.m. on the PST side of the United States. I want to give a shout-out to my little sister, Esther, little Mwadi up there in Toronto, T-Dot up there in Canada. What it is, what it is, what it was, what will it be? And I want to give a shout-out to all those folks that uh, tuned in last week. Um, I really appreciate all your emails of love and support. And I really appreciate the fact that we got a lot of Rwandese, uh, a few of them were Tutsi on top of that, who really appreciated just giving kind of a balanced uh, overview of, the, uh, of honoring the massacre that took, that took place in Rwanda. You know, people died all over that country, so we just can't single out one ethnic group over another ethnic group because that just creates conflict down the road. So I definitely want to give a shout-out to those folks in the Rwanda, Rwandese uh, community, Congolais. We have our 50th independence coming up in June 30th. And before any clowns start talking about what are we, independ- what are we celebrating independence for, what are we celebrating independence for, well, let's break it down that you weren't there fighting uh, to get independence from Belgium, all right? You weren't, I wasn't there. I was born uh, 63, so I just missed that whole groove. But we have to honor those folks that wrote our independence. We have to honor those folks that had to live under Belgium and fought for independence rule. That's something we need to celebrate. When you have a little, when you have little mouses running around talking about, oh, so-called independent this, so-called independent that, 
obviously it's like some of my students, they don't know the history of the struggle. They don't know the history of the cause. They just don't know. So what can you do? So on that note, um, we're hoping to get Stan Yambo from CNC to uh, tune in, but I don't think he'll be able to do that because he is at his own groove. He does something I believe called the Connolly's News Channel. You can find him on Facebook, CNC, or look up Eric Yambo, see what you can do. He talks a lot about back home, things that are relative in the DRC. Um, he does a lot of news footage in uh, Europe also, and he's broadcast out of Los Angeles. He's also on Kill Radio. I believe it's killradio.org. I could be wrong, killradio.org or killradio.com, either or. But anyway, back to the, today's flow. You want to call in, give me a call, feel free, 646-595-2892. We'll see if you can get on the air. Again, we're down one line because we're shooting. You know, one thing I do is I write and produce film out here, movies. So we're actually on a, we have a set running next door that they're working on right now. So I had to give them one of the lines here so you can run some, uh, some footage through so they can edit back at the, uh, the uh, other studio. Or you can chat with me live on the Internet. You know, come to me. I'll read your questions online. If you want uh, any statements you want to do, there's no problem. But I want to start off by saying this. Today's show, we're going to talk about defending <laughs> in defense of Ben Affleck and the Congolese Army, a.k.a. the F-A-R-D-C. You know, people are predictable if you really study them. And if you know their traits or you know their habits, you can pretty much guess what their reaction is going to be. And we had a good laugh, me and the production people last week, when I decided to put that title because a lot of people assumed that I was going to, like, you know, lay down the welcome mat for Ben Affleck and things like that and say he's the second coming and all that stuff. Uh, not really. Uh, I have some issues with some of the things that Ben Affleck has been, has been uh, saying and doing as it re- relates to the DRC. And we'll get to that in our 45-minute uh, show today. Again, it's only 45 minutes, not an hour. But I want to thank him. I want to not, not, not thank Ben. Let me, let, me, let me bring it back because, you know, some people might say, oh, my God, he's thanking, he's thanking Ben Affleck now. He's a traitor. No. I want to defend Ben Affleck in this. Ben Affleck started the Eastern Congo Initiative, you know, some time ago. And when you go to his website, you can see there's no Congolese involved from what I saw, from what I've seen. And the thing that stood out was the overwhelming negative reaction towards him. Now, some were by some Congolese who I know and trust, so I understand where they're coming from. It was the other group of non-Congolese and Congolese who were so vehemently opposed, you would have thought this guy was going to bring, you know, uh, lift up the, the statue of Leopold in Kinshasa and rename it you know, Leopoldville. No. I want to defend him in this aspect, and I want to do it this way by bringing it back to the community of black folk, our brothers and sisters in the United States. And I want to talk about an aspect because I ran this by a few people um, in reference to what I'm going to talk about today. And what that is was, what that is was, right, that doesn't make sense. But what it was is that in the black community, when black-on-black crime was at an all-time high, you had a lot of people talking about kids getting gunned down, old women, you know, elderly people getting gunned down, and things like that, and it was basically literally an epidemic, particularly during the height of the gang wars, the crack wars, whatever, and the black folk was coming out there, and, you know, they were marching as best they could, but you didn't really see an outpouring from the entire black community, right? Now, let an announcement, then an announcement will come up that the Ku Klux Klan was going to march into the black community. Well, whoa, whoa, we got a problem here. You'd see the entire black community out there 
protesting, rightfully so, against the Ku Klux Klan, if you know their history. And those that live in the black community know exactly where I'm coming from. All right? They know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, let's, trans- let's transport that to DRC. When we had 6 million, 7 million, when we had 1 million, 2 million, 3 million, 4 million, 5 million, 6 million, 7 million, 8 million Congolese dead, slaughtered, raped, conscripted, and basically wiped out of oblivion, you know, we had a lot of Congolese talking, you know, among the advocacy circles about what was going on, planning initiatives, marching here, marching there, and particularly back home, back in the Congo, was talked back in the DRC, was really protesting and advocating and stuff like that. But the funny thing is, all of a sudden when Ben Affleck announces he wants to do some stuff for Congo, oh, well, we got a problem here. Then all these people, particularly the non-Congolese, all these people came out of the woodwork and were condemned. Look, we both know that Ben Affleck doesn't know the whole story about what's going on back home. We understand that. We understand that the thing is a lot of our problem with him resides in the fact when he did that op-ed in time, some time ago, I believe it was last year, when Nkunda was roaming the, the, the Kivu, slurring everybody, and Ben Affleck in the interview said, well, you know, Nkunda has some great points. What? <laughs> great points? Okay, whatever. Then on top of that, he took his camera up down there to the Eastern Congo to meet Nkunda and did his, his treacherous interview with the rebel warlord and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. He must have not assumed that Congolese had, you know, direct TV, satellite TV, and had the Internet. Because I don't oh, you know, we maybe that we don't read magazines, because I have no idea why he thought that wouldn't get back to the Congolese community. So I understand where all our issues with him, um, you know, are coming from. My specifically, though, I'm going to defend him is that Ben Affleck's initiative, and we can throw in their Eve Ensler initiative with the City of Hope, and we can throw in a few other people, particularly the non-Congolese, most often the non-Congolese. Their initiative clearly demonstrates the weakness of our Congolese advocacy for DRC. Case closed. That's what this is all about. It's not about supporting what he's doing. It's about looking at what can we do. I remember Joseph Mbongo, I played this during our uh, part two, the Friends of the Congo uh, spotlight about two weeks ago. He was looking at what can I do? What can I do as a Congolese do for Congo? And the thing is, if our advocacy was strong, you don't see Congolese sitting here saying we're going to build, you know, uh, some hospitals in Tel Aviv or in Lebanon. No. Because we know there's an, advocate, there's an advocacy group, there's an advocacy community. We know how strong the bonds are among our Jewish brothers and sisters when it comes to Tel Aviv. Not saying it's a universal thing, you know, there's, there's dissension within every group in the, in the, on the planet. But if our advocacy was as strong as I know it can be, as I know it is when I'm among other advocates like Mbemba Desoleli or I was conversed with Amina Kunjunju or I've spoken briefly with Noella via email or Franklin Kotunda, or Serge Senga, or, or Solange down there in DC, down there in Miami, when I, or, the, or Lou. When I talk to these people, you can feel the passion. But Ben and those guys would not have dared build anything in Congo without consulting the Congolese community to see how he could do this. Because it's not a partnership he's doing. He's creating an organization here in the United States that's going to make grants. Mind you, this is the richest country in the world one of the richest in the world, minerals and raw material, what have you. He's going to make grants to these people, to the Congolese back home. He's not partnering with any entities back home. That's a mistake. And again, I'm not saying, because you know we have some people out there who want to say, oh, he's going to support Ben Affleck. No, 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 no. I'm going to play a few of his words. But what I want to say is 
his initiative, Eve Angela's initiative with the City of Hope, which I have yet to see a picture of or know what's going to be, all these initiatives by non-Congolese when it comes to DRC, particularly in Congo, is highlighting the weakness of our advocacy. That's what this is about. We're not strong enough yet, we'll say, if we're going to do anything in Congo, we need to incorporate the Congolese. I'll bring this to Hollywood. There was a play some time ago uh, that was set in Eastern Congo. I didn't hear about it until literally the day before the, the play aired. In fact, one of the leads in the film is a, in that play, the lead of one of my films, if you told me about the play. I said, okay, fine, I'll check it out. Okay, it's, done, it's set in Congo. Okay, it's no problem. Let's just check it out, see what's going on. So I went down there, sat in the front row, and I checked out the play. I already had issues with the, with the play after about five minutes because I saw what they wanted to do. The story wasn't about the Congolese. It was about some Hutus and some Tutsis from Rwanda in Congo. All right? And there were certain things that really just troubled me during the production. Now, I don't want to call out my boy right there and then and my people that I knew was involved in this play. I talked to him later on. And the one thing I said to him, and I believe, and he, he, he understood where I was coming from, is that if you're going to have a play set in the Congolese or a, do a film set in the Congolese, then in, in the Congolese, oh my God, set in the Congo, excuse me, people. Joel is laughing over there in the corner. If you're going to do something, a, a media production that's set in the Congo, you need to incorporate the Congolese who know that culture. You need to, even if you're finished with the play, bring it to the Congolese so we can sit back and say, look, you're kind of off base with here. Uh, this information isn't accurate. This isn't, going, isn't happening. You might want to rework that. That is a, is a small example of what's happening back home. People are, are worrying around, talking about what they know is happening in Congo without aligning with the Congolese, unless it's some Congolese that think like them, or unless it's some Congolese they want favor from in case something happens in the next election and they come into power. Our advocacy is not where it needs to be, and that is a problem for me because I know a lot of strong advocates out there. In Cincinnati, we have uh, Ndaya Kalubi, and we have Tanya Kasongo out there doing her stuff with Leisha Balela, building hospitals. A lot of these people are running around here saying they're advocating for DRC, but they're not in partnership with anybody in DRC. They're not building anything in DRC. They're not connecting with anybody in DRC. So that when you talk to the Congolese back home, and I've had a few of my colleagues over the last couple of days talk to people back home. In fact, I had a good friend of mine come back from DRC a couple of weeks ago. What she's telling me is that the people back home are getting sick of all these people coming there, taking pictures of them, and then coming back to the United States or Britain or outside into the Western countries and say, here are the poor little Congolese starving and being raped. We need to do something. Obviously, these people are not, have no clue that there is actually satellite TV in DRC, computers, Internet. What made them think information like that would not get back to the Congolese back home? The Congolese are getting sick of being portrayed as victims. They're being sick as portrayed as some of the helpless sheep that need saving. That's what's going on. This is what the colonies are saying. But if you talk to the, the, the Congolese advocates, particularly the non advocates outside of Congo, they won't tell you that. What they'll say is what we have to do, what we need to do, what we need to say. And there's too much of this manifest of it is my obligation, I'm, it is my duty to enlighten and save the savages, you know, that Leopold type of thinking from back of colonialism. So let's come back to Ben Affleck, because we only have 45. Let me give you a few of his words that he said in reference to his advocacy. 
Bear with me, Joella. You got that up? All right, Joella, bring it to me. Hey, everyone. I'm Jordan Whitley here for Hollywood.tv at the House of Blues for the Children Mending Hearts event. Now, it looks like all the actors and activists are coming out to support a good cause, and we're going to find out why this is so close to Ben Affleck's heart. Hi. I just know that you're very into this cause. Why is it so close to your heart? Well, it's close to my heart because I um, traveled there, I read about it, and I was stunned to read about this, these numbers of people that were dying there and that this, the um, destruction that had happened there, and I was stunned to see that it had not sort of made the papers in the same way that um, other conflicts had in Africa and elsewhere. So I thought, well, I should learn about this, and I traveled there. And in traveling there, I was really struck by what I saw, first-person um, people, uh, the situation they were living in, the people, uh, number of people were dying, the extent to which people were suffering, and more than that, the extent to which people were struggling to survive. Um, that impression, the impression that made on me was really profound. I came back with the determination to try to offer what little I could to, to trying to um, contribute to finding a solution. Certainly tonight I know that the American National Medical Corps has something to offer, and I hope that we can raise as much money as possible for them. How would you encourage people to get involved? Write your senators, learn everything you can. They understand what's happening. Um, and then everybody has power. Every single person has power to write a letter. It's the noise that's going to make a change. What do you think needs to happen for the conference What do you think needs to happen Well, I think that's a very difficult question. But I think um, the security sector is has fallen apart largely in the East. In other words, there's no uh, real military police presence, there's no security there for folks, citizens. So, you know, uh, militia groups operate largely with impunity. In some areas, the military operates kind of as a negative force. Um, luckily, recently, or fortunately, I should say, there's been an arrangement where the, the CNDP, the Tutsi militia, has folded back in with the government. The Rwandans and the Congolese have made a, an agreement to, to join forces against the FDLR and the Hutu militia. So there are signs for hope. What needs to happen is the conflict needs to come to an end, so the huge kind of drain the conflict swamp. You can begin to push humanitarian support into these areas where uh, it was prohibitively dangerous before, uh, and then you can address demobilizing some of these my my militia, uh, at which point it becomes, you know, a straight humanitarian issue. It's a, it's a very difficult thing and requires tears, and I'm not a, I'm sure you can find people much more expert than me to address it. Um, but uh, tonight what needs to happen is that uh, we need to raise money for these, these folks, and, uh, and, I'm, and, and you guys need to spread the word on this, and I'm really glad you're here and you came. Thank you very much. All right, well, it was a pretty heavy night out here at the House of Blues on the red carpet for the Children Mending Hearts events, but we had a great time. We learned a lot about a great cause. And for Hollywood.tv, I'm Jordan Wetley. Remember, it's Hollywood as it happens. Um, let me correct something here. And, again, that was in his own words, and you heard some uh, situations in his uh, statement that he made. And, thankfully, he caught himself by saying, yes, there are more people that know more stuff than he does. Because let me flow it as it has to be flowed. The CNDP was the little military wing of Laurent Nkunda. This is the guy, the same uh, Laurent Nkunda that Ben Affleck said had some great points as to why he was wiping out people in Eastern Congo, was folded into the Congolese Army. Uh, let's get a little correct here. They weren't folded into the Congolese Army. They said, we ain't leaving. <laughs> We're staying where we are. We ain't joining them. Forget it. We'll join the Congolese Army if we can stay in this little area here, if we can still rape, uh, murder, and pillage. 
Second off, he talked about how the Congolese and the Rwandan. Now, let's correct this here because a lot of times we say the Rwandans or the Congolese. We're not talking about the people on the ground with the Rwandans on the ground. We have love. We're talk- we are- that's our way of talking about itself, Kinshasa or Kigali. He talks about the Congolese and the, and the Rwandans came to agreement to hunt down the uh, Rwandan FDLR, the Hutus. Now, you will statement Ben Affleck had articulated CNDP, Congolese and Rwanda, and FDLR Rwandan Hutu. Now, the CNDP was dominated by, it still is dominated by Tutsis. The, Congolese, the, the, the Rwandan army is dominated by Tutsis. But the only time he mentioned ethnic group is he said is we talk about the Hutu, which again perpetuates the Hutu as the big bad wolf slaughtering the little Tutsis and the Twa in, in Rwanda. And that's where, again, we understand his fallacy and his lack of knowledge of what's really going on there. At the same time, I am not one to question what's in his heart. I don't know what's in your heart as a listener. I would hope you have a good idea what's in my heart as, as, as when it relates to Congo. I don't know what's in his heart. From what he's saying, he may think he's doing one of the best things he can do. Now, of course, what was really missing from that whole statement is that never once did he say he spoke to the Congolese people. I've visited there four times. I saw what was on the ground. I heard all this information. But he never once said he spoke to a Congolese there or a Congolese uh, advocate or a Congolese humanitarian. He didn't speak to anybody. And I know he spoke to a Congolese in the United States, but the Congolese told me that when he gave Ben Affleck information before this great interview he was supposed to do, when he gave him information about what was really going on on the ground, and this is the Congolese who I know and trust when it comes to the DRC, when it comes to information. He gave information about what was really happening in Congo, but the minute Ben got on a microphone, he said something totally different. So again, people, Ben couldn't pull this stunt if we as Congolese in advocacy were stronger. We're stronger, we're strong as individuals or in, our, in our, our relative circles of influence, but we have to figure out a way to come together, put aside these BS egos, put aside these hidden agendas, and say, look, we are the ones that have to speak for Congo, not speak for ourselves as Congolese here. We have an obligation and a duty to speak for the Congolese back home who are suffering this onslaught of invaders. Too many people are trying to say it's Kabila, it's Kagame, it's Mosavina. Well, Mosaveni. Well, let's break it down. It has to be broken down. It's not about one person, as some people seem to think. It's not just about one person. Because you know what? These guys, Uganda and Rwanda, would have never been able to invade Congo the way they did if they didn't have Congolese helping them. And we spend too much time doing it the Western way of blaming one person when we, we know it's Congolese who's responsible. You feel back in the day, let's go back a couple of years, if you even looked at Zaire wrong, the ex-father the father was coming for you. Ask those folks in Bujumbura when they had a renegade general running his mouth, and two days later they found him tied up in Kinshasa. Now you see what's going on with our country is too many people have their own agendas. Ben Affleck, I don't know what his agenda is. I can't speak on that. I can only speak on what he says and the movement that I see him do. And from what I'm seeing, he's making the critical mistake of saying, this is what I, 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 this, I, that. And not once, but yet I'll give you another interview he said when he was in Congo. Let's listen, give you a little listen here. 
Hollywood heavyweight Ben Affleck has been visiting a camp for internally displaced people in the Democratic Republic of Congo. This will be the fourth time he's visited the country in the past year to see firsthand one of the world's worst humanitarian crises of this century. There are a million internally displaced persons here. There are a number of people suffering needlessly. Um, you know, having visited a number of the camps here, I can personally attest to the to the tremendous suffering and the uh, ongoing fighting here is only exacerbating that. I'm not an expert in international affairs, uh, affairs or diplomacy, but uh, it doesn't take that to see the, the, the tremendous suffering. And I think that, um, you know, it's, uh, it's not something that we as, uh, you know, human beings can, in good conscience, ignore. Meanwhile, the United Nations confirmed that hundreds of rebel forces have pulled back from three front lines in eastern DRC, as aid workers scrambled to reach more than 300,000 hungry, exhausted people displaced by the fighting. A UN peacekeeping spokesman called the move a positive step. Now, um, once again, he's back home in the cut. I'm sorry, I'm sitting just flying now. He's back home in Congo on the ground. And exactly um, who did he speak to there? He said the amount of suffering. Yeah, when you're seeing 300,000 people in a refugee, in a refugee camp or in an IDP camp, how do you think they became IDP in their own country? And exactly what fighting are you talking about? Who's fighting? You see, and again, who, he, 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 he doesn't fear us. He doesn't feel us, fear our circle. All right. He doesn't because exactly every, every time you hear him talk, he's talking by himself and he's talking about in the first person. He's not acknowledging any Congolese on the ground that could give him information. And eventually if you keep saying that you're not an expert on these, these crises, then don't you think you should look in the mirror and say, you know what, I need to find somebody that on the ground that is. And I'm not talking about the person making City of Hope. Much love, but I like to know where that hospital is. I'm talking about there's plenty of people he can speak to, and I know somebody spoke to about the DRC, but Ben didn't want to articulate what the brother was telling him. He wanted to say his own thing. But again, I hope you understand, because we only have about nine. I'm actually doing a part two next week, because I think it's going to take a lot of, of uh, focusing on Ben, but I'll lead it away by talking about the Army at the end of this particular segment. But what I want to say again is he's been attacked. He's been, um, you know, Epithets and all kinds of things, negative, uh, ha negative words have been like, Let him do what he's going to do because a lot of these people that are criticizing him need to go look in the mirror and say, well, how are you any different? Because if, if a Congolese is in lockstep with your opinion, then you feel this Congolese has no love for the country. But let me break it down as a friend of mine, as I said to a friend of mine some time ago. We were watching, well, let's put it like this way. So many people... Maybe too many people need Congo so that they can feel important, feel valuable, feel that there's somebody. Many of these people are not Congolese. So when you have six, eight million killed, thousands raped, conscripted, looting like pirates, it's only numbers and statistics and potential, potential revenue to, most, to a lot of these people. When they're talking about six million Congolese dead, if they're not Congolese, that means nothing to them. It, it doesn't. I mean, they may, they may say, okay, death is death, but deep down in the, the DNA of the bloodstream, to a lot of these people, it's just numbers to them. It's like, it's like accountants You're doing a tax refund. Are you with me? All right? So, but to the Congolese worthy of name, these aren't numbers. These are our families. When you're talking about women being raped, those are our mothers. Those are our aunts. Those are my little sisters up there in Toronto, Mwadi, my other sister Mwadi in Philadelphia, Shamba, Musao. That's Tina, Huguette, Solange. 
That's Angeline. That's Nita. Those are the people getting raped. You're talking about fathers. You're talking about Sarah Sanger, father, you know, father to the, to the Congolese around him. You're talking about my father. You're talking about our fathers, Professor Kabamba, Tonto Kabongo, Tonto uh, Kadima, all these people. These are our families. So to me, if some person doesn't get what I say or get what a Congolese says about the country, the country, if they can't connect, that's really their problem. It's not our problem. Our problem is what can we do to bring back Congo that we knew growing up there, whether it be Congo and Zaire, because Congo's in our blood. I'm Congolese. Those aren't some six million nothing. Those are six million relatives of mine being slaughtered over there. I'm telling you, we have to get this. A friend of mine, Harold Green, said some years ago when I was talking to him, we had a conversation at one of my advocacy events for DRC back in 2002, 2001. I can't believe I remember the exact date. And he said, you know, Saeed, when people are dying, you don't have time to make friends. When people are dying, you don't worry about making friends. People, we're at six, seven, eight million dead. I'm not worried about making friends. My thing is, what can you do to help me help DRC? What can you do? to help us help DRC. That's what it's really about. It's not about showing off how much information you know. Yeah, Ben Affleck went there two, three times, four times. That's nice. But who did he talk to on the ground? And then he comes back and creates an organization, and who's helping to fund it? You look on his website, you don't see no Congolese there. But at the same time, his initiative shows how weak our advocacy is, and we have to figure out a way to strengthen our advocacy with that if anyone wants to do anything of constructive growth or building in DRC, they're going to come to our community and talk to us respect with respect and love. And if they don't hear what they, what they want to hear, they're not going to be bent out of shape. It's not attacking everybody. It's our country. It's our people dying there. It's our people getting waylaid. Well, I remember a march that took place in Washington, D.C. some time ago. We had Joseph, Joseph Mbongo was out there. It was, about, I think, like 30 below zero. And you saw Dave Donaldson, the author of Hearts of Diamonds, out there marching. And you have Kami Mukhindi out there marching. We have allies with us in different mediums, whether it be speaking on it, whether it be, you know, writing a book about it, whether it be like David Baruski, who puts a lot of information out there about DRC that I, I really encourage people to go check him out. You see him on Facebook and stuff like that. We have people putting the information out, out there. But if the information doesn't coincide with what you think the agenda should be, you can't blame the person that's writing the information. If the information is based on facts, you have to look in the mirror and ask yourself, what is your agenda in this whole thing? There's a lot of information out there. But people only want to see what the, it's like they say about the Bible. Anybody can find a scripture in the Bible that's going to back up and support anything that they're saying. But this brings it back again to Ben Affleck. He has an initiative. Let him do his thing. Eve Ensler is doing her initiative. Let her do her thing. The thing is, people... How many people have to do their thing in Congo before we realize that we're beyond in our own country? Because as a good friend of ours said some time ago, the NGOs are the new mercenaries, and they need Congo more than Congo needs them. Let's get it right. I remember this great interview. I saw it on CNN some time ago. We only have 14 minutes left, so I'll do a part two next week about the Congolese army. So I hope I'm getting some emails here that people now understand what I was talking about defending Ben Affleck. So I'm not going to waste my time worrying about the Klan coming to march in Boston. I'm going to worry about, I'm going to march and talk about these people in my own community who are killing each other. 
and that's what this knee-jerk reaction. Then, you know, these, these other colonies do some things. No, you know, people don't talk about them. People don't support them. People don't show that, you know, raise up awareness for their, for the, for their initiative. No. But the minute, you know, some Anglo comes and does something in Congo, well, we have a problem here. Well, it's the same thing in the black community. No one was really out there marching in force as they should have been when you had young brothers getting gunned down, young sisters getting gunned down. But when, the, but when it was announced that the Klan was going to march the next day, well, here comes everybody in the media. Same problem. People, we have to strengthen our advocacy, and we have to make sure that people understand it's about the DRC. It's not about hidden agendas. We don't all have to get along. There are some colonies I talk on a daily basis. We don't, get a, you know, we, don't, we don't have the same idea of what needs to be done. But I know when the sun goes down that in this person's heart, they want to do what's best for Congo, not for themselves. They're not, they're, you know, we have too many people like some of these churches out there where the pastor wants to use the church to elevate themselves, not use himself to elevate the church and the body of Christ or, or uh, the synagogue or in, or in the mosque. You understand where I'm coming from, people? So look. We've got 13 minutes left. Let's take a little commercial break here, and we'll be right back. Let's see. What can we give you guys? Uh, we don't have too much time here. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, I think this will work. Let's do this for a little minute here. A little bit of house music from my times in Boston. to as the most dangerous place for a woman or, you know, the blood, the blood capital of the world or whatever. Like, you think about Rwanda, what do you think about genocide? Well, when you talk, you talk about Kinshasa, you talk about, you know, the, the Paris of Africa. But now Congo is being maligned, and we have too many people whose agenda is to keep it like that because it benefits them. There is a lot of it. There was a guy a long time ago, uh, Yard.com for Africa. His name escapes me. He was a, a former Air Force uh, officer. He was talking about issues when it came to Africa that was re- beyond belief. And when Kagame's wife was going to speak in D.C., he led the charge in reference to boy, you know, trying to create a boycott of why she's speaking about women's rights 
when she knows what her husband's doing. I can't remember his name. I'll talk about that. I'll find it for the next show. We bring that forward to right now. Where's the outcry when Kagame comes to Boston, comes, came to Boston to get the award for UNICEF? Where was the march on, on Harvard Yard when Kagame was invited to speak at Harvard years back? Only three people were there. Two of them were my parents to protest. One inside, one outside. When Kagame was out here at Saddlebrook, is it Saddlebrook, Joanna? Saddlebrook Church, Wick Warren's church in, in Anaheim, I believe it's in Anaheim, where was the outcry? All these people that want to say it's Kagame and Mosevani and stuff like that, where are they when these guys come to the United States? The Congolese, where are you? Let's stop talking about who the issue is and let's start showing that they, can, that they can't get away with what they're doing. How many more of us have to get wiped out? What's Ben Affleck in the scheme of this whole thing? Who cares who, who's behind him? Who cares who's supporting him? All I know is that he's over there doing the same thing a whole lot of other people are doing. He's doing what he thinks is best for the Congo. We need to articulate what we know is best for the Congo. How many more people have to be wiped out? And then he wants to talk about there's no security, which leads me to the army. There seems to be a whole lot of pointing of fingers at the Congolese army. Well, let's get it right. These same people that are pointing the fingers at the Congolese army, you know, Joel, I'm going to do a part two next week. Because, you know, I got, as a former, as a veteran myself, I got really irritated when I thought people were starting to slander the army. Let's get it correct here. The same people that are bitching and moaning about the Congolese army are the same people who are whining and complaining and jumping up and down in support of that mixage, which meant to integrate the rebels and the militias and half of the rebels being Rwandan and Ugandans anyways into the Congolese army. The very same army that helped keep that, that country from being, you know, basically overrun. The Angolans came. Zimbabwe came, Chad came, Sudan came in support. Our brothers and sisters from the north, south, around us came in support. Let's not get it twisted. But it was the Congolese army that was out there that was keeping that country from not being overrun. It was that Congolese army down there in Katona that was hunting down those Rwandans that tried to infiltrate after they hijacked the 727 from eastern Congo down to the west and whatnot. And you had the Angolans coming up trying to do a pincher movement on these Rwandan troops. We're trying to recreate that entire scene in our movie we're doing right now. It was the Congolese army. What switched the tide in the war of 98 with RCD Goma is when under Ken, what was his name? How do you pronounce that name, Joella? On the Kende, he was one of the field commanders, I think, for the 82nd, not too sure. He had the most powerful brigade out there in the then X5 army. Mobutu wouldn't send that brigade out to anybody unless he had to. It was basically like a, the hammer of four. That's how vicious he was. Laurent Kabila sent that army out there to take care of business, and this guy switched sides. That is what turned the tide against Congo. Because if he didn't switch sides, Rwanda was not taking Congo. Let's, get it, let's not get it twisted. Rwanda was not taking Congo. Rwanda was not installing anybody. Let me tell you. Let's not get it, let's not get it get in, in self-denial here. Because if I told you the story of exactly how RCD Goma was formed, and this is by eyewitness testimony with video, it would blow your mind. But we have to remember, Ben Affleck is not the enemy. Eve Ensler is not the enemy. They are benefiting from what the enemies of Congo are doing. They're creating a climate in the East where people can just do what they want, say what they want, and they think there's no repercussions. But as that saying goes, it is darkest before the dawn, and the dawn is coming. But to hear people say the Congolese army is the biggest perpetrator of sexual violence in Eastern Congo, the Congolese army is responsible for looting in Eastern Congo, what did Ben Affleck say? The Congolese Army this. 
What are people saying? The Connolly's Army is that. You're based, it's like saying you have, I wrote, it's like you have the Boy Scouts, you have five sexual predators down the street and whatnot, and to, you know, bring peace to the block, you integrate the sexual predators into the Boy Scouts, and then two weeks later, when you see all these young boys getting assaulted and raped and, and sodomized and whatnot, you want to say the Boy Scouts of America are the biggest sexual predators on young men. That's what you're doing in the Connolly's Army. Let's not get it twisted. The Connolly's Army, who are they being supported? They're being treated like Hannibal's army outside of Carthage when they're fighting the Romans. They're underpaid. They're asked to defend ground. They basically have to bring their family up there. They have to basically live themselves off. They have to live off the land, basically. There's a point where the UN wanted to take over the Connolly's army. Who's supporting them? Literally. But everyone wants to blame them. And you still have guys that are joining the army that want to go out there and defend the country. So to hear someone say the Congolese army is the biggest perpetual sexual violence, it's a friggin' joke. And when people start talking about that in that way, all they start doing is start creating these mythical little stereotypes of black men raping women, like Oprah did with her school down there in South Africa when she had the little black girl walking through Soweto. And in slow motion, you see all these young black males out there like sexual predators. So now Congo is the worst place to be a woman. Congo has an army that's basically the worst, is basically the, the, the worst villain in the entire country and whatnot. There's nothing good being said about Congo. But when you talk to the Congolese, they'll tell you what's going on. Oh, but I'm sorry. Unless it's a Congolese that agrees with a non-Congolese point of view, that Congolese words have no value. People, the Congolese army, the elements within the Congolese army are the very elements that the Congolese army was fighting to prevent from overrunning the country. And I know verbatim I've spoken to a lot of them in the Army, one recently two days ago, who said they were vehemently against integrating with the militia. But like Ben Affleck, when he goes to Congo, who was he talked to? Did anybody that was supporting this mixage talk to the Congolese generals or the Congolese and the soldiers and say, hey, those guys over there that basically took out your family over there in Rushiro or, or outside of Kivu, do you want them to be integrated with the Army? No. Give me a break. So people... We're going to do a part two next week because we don't have enough time. So I had to give you a bridge show. So we have about three minutes left here. I want to play a little song here as we go out. I hope I explain to people and I articulate it. I think Ben Affleck, only in the aspect that what he did in reference to his initiative is exposing the weakness of our advocacy as Congolese. We have too many non-Congolese speaking on behalf. And I know I didn't ask those guys to speak on my behalf. But if they want to be partners with us, like Dave Donaldson did, like it has done with his book, and advocate in his own way, and of other people, uh, my, uh, my aunt Lorraine Thompson has done, she's advocating her own way. We can't look at who's alive with who and put our personal agendas, because when the sun goes down, our job is to stop the killing and have Congo be the way we remember to be. And that's only going to happen if the Congolese are leading that initiative. The Ben Affleck of the world, when Congo becomes what it's supposed to be, Ben Affleck is going to find another cause to raise money off of and to get his name in the press. Traveling to Congo four times does not make you an advocate. But on top of that, traveling to Congo four times and you still haven't found anybody to partner with with your initiative, that's a joke. People, I'm going to dedicate this to all the so-called advocates for Congo and all those who are smiling in our face talking about they're down for the Congo, but behind our backs. They're looting Congo and hoping that, you know, we can help them do it. That ain't happening. People, thanks for tuning in. I have to go back to the set. We have to shoot another clip here. We're going to take this song off the air. I'm going to dedicate to all these people. And don't think I'm not going to talk about the U.N. being asked to leave by June 30th. 
people, tag your catch at the binga. I'm gone. We're going to have this song take us off the air. I'm going to dedicate it to all those so-called allies and advocates and friends of Congo and stuff like that. Not the organization in D.C., but the analogy of the word and the friends of the Congo, the people out there who, you know, the allies and those who are saying, yes, we're on your side. But when the sun goes down, they're over there in Kigali making side deals and they're making deals with AT&T or people. So people, this song is dedicated to them. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for your love and support. And thank you for being on our side. I'm gone. Joella. Let's bring it back and let's take it out old school. Let's go to the Philadelphia town. OJ, talk to me. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.